Welcome to the Two Pricks Talking Pigskin Podcast. I'm the Cowboy. He's the Jaguar. Let's go. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna recap Week Two. Uh, it's Thursday, just before the uh, kickoff of the Thursday night game. Uh, it was a pretty fun weekend of football, wouldn't you say? I think there's a heck of a lot going on. Why don't we kick it off by starting with last Thursday night's game, AFC North matchup. You, Cincinnati you must be talking about the one where I picked the Bengals at home and you picked the Ravens? I might have thought Baltimore's defense had a bit more of a shot against Andy Dalton. Um, incorrectly. A- Andy Dalton, I told you. Andy In- Dalton looks very good. He, How about A.J. Green, though? A.J. Green had a hell of a first quarter. Three touchdowns on three catches is pretty nice. Uh, fantasy, lover, or fantasy owners probably like that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, when you look at his talent level, that's what you come to expect. And that's what should be from that consistent offense that's been playing together for that long. And I like Joe Mixon, and I'm curious about his absence and how that's going to affect Cincinnati. Giovanni Bernard is not going to be the same, have the same efficiency that, that Joe Mixon had. If he I, would I don't, have, I don't know if it's going to affect them that much moving forward. But we're obviously going to find out this weekend. Um, but everyone else is seemingly stepping up around. It was almost like the team was inspired by Green's performance, and when the defense adjusted after the first quarter, other guys started getting involved. And that all, I don't know, the Bengals, it's early. They're 2-0. and They haven't really beat any, well, they, they won a divisional game at home, but the jury's still out on Baltimore. It's early, like, like again, we're going to hear that a lot probably today. It's, it's early. It's, it's so hard to evaluate at this time, but... I'm encouraged with what I see in Cincinnati so far. I, I did pick them as a wild card team, and it looks good so far. We can't ignore putting up 30 point, 34 points against Baltimore. We can't ignore that. It, it's, it's 100%. a skill level at any at any point. What do we think about Carolina and Atlanta? 31-24 for Atlanta. Cam Newton had a great game. It's funny you bring that game up because you had Atlanta and I had Carolina. I thought so. And I went against my... Bad my uh, my theory with the bad lines don't travel they don't perform the same and it was true that Atlanta didn't seem hindered by the the defensive injuries and they saw, all of a sudden Sark can call some offense in the red zone you just you just got to remember that fucking Kelvin Ridley's on your team the st- the thing about Steve Sarkeesian is that um, he hasn't been a consistently talented play caller in so far as the NFL is concerned but coming up from Alabama. He's presented a lot insofar as the potential is concerned because Matt Ryan is consistent. Julio Jones is consistent. And they have a great offense from which to build a championship contender. And they were pretty close. They were up 28-3 in a Super Bowl not too long ago. So as far as this week's concern, 31 points against the Carolina defense. We were just talking about Cincinnati scoring against Baltimore. This, too, is relevant. Very true. And Carolina's defense has been a consistent top five, top ten defense for a couple years now. So we've come to expect a certain level of standard from them. And they look they looked somewhat in control early in that game. Uh, and then the wheels kind of came off in the second half, and they just they couldn't keep up. They, I think they got it to seven late, but it, it never really seemed as close as the scoreboard was saying it was. And then ultimately they, they lost the game by seven, right? I like Matty Ice's numbers, though. 23 for 28 with 272, two touchdowns. When you talk about consistency and efficiency, th- those are the kind of numbers that a quarterback puts up, especially when Tevin Coleman's able to rush the football. See, and I didn't expect that much of a 
an increased role in the offense for him. I thought they, I, I expected them to stumble again, and, and they fooled, they fooled me. They, I was definitely fooled by that game. I thought that Freeman being out was gonna show up more, and it didn't. I understand completely. What do we make of Chargers putting up thirty-one points on Buffalo and Buffalo scoring twenty points at that? That was they put it in cruise control so quick. They were up twenty-eight, like like that. Melvin Gordon is something else. He's he just, is. He's, he's a stud. He's and I don't know. How, I don't know the extent of that injury, which is concerning as well by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. They did exactly what they were supposed to again. Nothing major happened injury wise with them. Like Gordon, they kept him up precautionary. If that game was tied and they were playing, he plays. And they were playing the the Raiders or the Broncos. He plays. Absolutely. What I like about the Los Angeles Chargers is that they have a defense to boot. So if Phillip Rivers can start playing well, you're going to see that the defensive line, I mean, Ingram is ferocious, Bose is ferocious, and they have a lot to offer, but it was against Buffalo. See, but Bose is not going to be back until about mid-October. So is are, is that defense going to continue to... Because Derwin James is for real. We know that. And he's already showing up on damn near every play on defense. He he's, a, he's everywhere on the field. He was real at Florida State. And he's real here. Absolutely. <clears throat> when That's they, why I want him to be a cowboy. When they play a team like Buffalo, you don't need Joey Boza in the lineup. And it's concerning to think about when he does come back, how, much how good they're going to be. It's, See, and that's where I think they will separate themselves later in the season because they're not getting off to the typical Chargers 0-4, 1-3 Type of Which start. has plagued any playoff. A hundred. Well, not the last. It, they somehow, some way, they always get back to the above five hundred yeah. and in the conversation. They yeah. did it last year too. Um, so it's encouraging to see them out two and zero start because a lot of people are already saying that is this. It, well, we we know that the eight hundred yards through two games and eighty points isn't sustainable for the Chiefs. So the AFC West, there's still some room to move. I think that if Casey, if Casey's going to be winning early and Chargers are, are keeping pace with them, it's going to be that much easier for them later in the season to separate themselves when maybe, maybe the league catches on to Mahomes. But if San Diego can run the football, if the Los Angeles Chargers can run the football. Did you just say San Diego? You heard me right. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. Minnesota Green Bay is that a penalty on Clay Matthews? A hundred percent. It is not a penalty. That the the league somehow continues to find ways to cheapen its product to lessen the value of a really good thing, which Absolutely. is high flying offenses. Well, Von Miller, Von Miller said water. it best. That he's, he's not looking to defend other people, but he's left to wonder how the hell he's supposed to get sacks. And it's true. I, that hit Sunday night that Eli Manning took from Jalen Smith was 100% legal and a beautiful bone-crushing hit. And the entire time, for about five seconds following that play, I was worried there was going to be a flag just because it was too good of a hit on a quarterback. Well, the shoulder to the chest typically doesn't draw a flag. But I understand, only, but, but when you get help. hit like but that and you help. fall like a drop bag of groceries... I was, it was, I was just wait I was just waiting for it. That's all. And, and so Minnesota Green Bay 29-29 final going into overtime. <sighs> I mean, that's five quarters of football. There's a reason I, why football players hate kickers. 
when you think about it, Minnesota's when, plight, when you think about how now Dan Bailey does he complete? Uh, it? You said it earlier. Is he the missing link to the 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 Super Bowl puzzle, or is he now given his chance to show why Dallas cut ties with him? And he's, does he continue to struggle early? Is there an issue with the back that maybe has changed his uh, his mechanics a little bit? To have an 88% I hear career you. field goal percent. I just feel like there are teams. He missed two kicks at the end of the year last year in Seattle and then missed two more with an extra point the game after, if I'm not mistaken. But a lingering back injury. For a kicker, right, and he Might got rushed well back too quick last injury. year. He got he got rushed back too quick last year. Fair enough, fair enough. We will see how things work out. Uh, Cleveland and New Orleans. I mean, Cleveland is just trying its hardest to win or trying they've, its hardest to lose. Uh, yeah, it's hard to figure out which what they're actually doing. They so, invent ways to lose. They. Uh, it's hard to say it, but if that extra point goes in, I don't see. It ease is being as easy for Breeze to just. Breeze down the field and have them kick the winner. It's and it's either psychological for the defense or it's psychological. That's what I. That's what I mean. I, I feel and the implication therein is that the smallest aspect of football, the extra point, can have such a monumental difference. That's why football players hit kickers. And when, once again, segue perfectly with twenty-one to eighteen finish is. And I am just being a prick, folks. I mean, football kicker, kickers clearly matter. If you watch the, the, the game in Lambeau on Sunday, kickers matter. Unfortunately, the refs matter too, and they can get in the way just as, as easily as a, uh, a kicker having a bad day. And Didn't they spend a fifth-round draft pick on that guy like four months ago, five months ago? It's peculiar to think about what you can find in the fifth round and how there's and no how, kicks to be made. Now, uh, one question. Did you hear... Zimmer after the game, in in his comments on the kicker. No, but he was probably not smiling. Well, he's, he, he they they asked him if it was a tough decision, to to cut him, and he said, "Did you see the tape?" <laughs> and he said, "Of course, of course, it wasn't. It was the easiest decision I've ever made." A little bit heartless, maybe. But at the same time, there's a level of honesty there, which a hundred percent. So you're not gonna find that anywhere else. I like the AFC. Because because it's wide open for you, and there's really nothing else that I want to think about. I shouldn't say it's wide open. I want. For you. I don't want to think about there being anything else other than Jacksonville being able to move. Jacksonville's to the at the well. I won't say. I won't spoil it yet. Um, what What did you think about the Monday Nighter? So what inspired me the most was the fact that you take an average team and you add the best defensive football player. And they become a very good football team. The Bears are a very good football team. I would make the argument that in that division, they have a fighting chance. It's coming here from an overreaction early in the season. But there's just something about that backfield with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard and Mitchell Trubisky. I just feel that he gets better every single week. And I feel like he has a level of athleticism that is severely underrated. Now, this is a Jaguar talking to a Cowboy. So, considering that division, what are your thoughts on Chicago? I think that they spent 140-some-odd million and two first-round draft picks to be the third-best team in that division. I don't care if they finish five, over 500. They're the third-best team in that division. They're not better than the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers alone. 
and among other reasons, and they're not as good as the most complete team in football, arguably. What I think about that the team Vikings. is that having Khalil Mack on it raises their ceiling immeasurably. It it a hundred percent does. I under I undervalued how how much of an impact he would make. We still haven't really seen Roquan Smith flash, but it's coming. Uh, Prince had the pick six the other night that sealed the game, so he's making plays. Kyle Fuller looked good. Uh, I still don't know how Russell fit that ball in in the in the back corner when Fuller was in perfect position and it just absolutely perfect pass. It's just one of those plays you can't get you can't get mad as as the corner. There's not really much else that you can do in that situation, but I uh, again I. Yeah, they're better, but they're not. A, I don't think they're a playoff team yet. I don't yeah, think they're a playoff they're, team this year. All right, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, forty-two, thirty-seven. My Kansas guy, City, Patrick Mahomes. My guy, Mahomes, six TDs, ten TDs through two games. So there's not much. So there's there's really not much. To I'm not driving like. the I'm driving the bandwagon, buddy. There's not much not to like. There wasn't a lot of defense in that game. Insofar as I I mean Travis Kelsey in the second half, he scored two touchdowns on two seam routes. Like uh, if you're gonna run if you're gonna run a base cover two and leave those seams wide open and somebody scooches in once. And it happens again. I that I don't know. It was going on. it was slightly thrown behind Kelsey, but it didn't matter because it was still in the wingspan. But because it was, it took Kelsey kind of off his his uh, his off balance a little bit, and that ball propelled him about four yards into the end zone. I don't know if it was the ball or if it was a TV deal with all that. I don't know, man. But he he's throwing rockets, and I can't wait. To watch it again this Sunday at home, like in KC against the the Niners, it's gonna be unbelievable. It'll be exciting. It, it, I'm actually not to jump ahead in segments here, but uh, I can't wait to see if Mahomes challenges Richard Sherman and to see if he's how he how he plays the Niners defense. I'll be really interested to see if he well we'll come back if to repu- that if reputations uh, like get into his head and and chain and maybe alter the game plan but i don't see it so i'm i'm excited to see him just torch him we'll have to come back to that a little <laughs> absolutely because that's something interesting to think about considering the history of sherman two pricks talking pigskin time for the power rankings what do you got for your top 10 sir all right so post week two overreaction power rankings time for freak out and I just want to clarify that when I say overreaction power rankings, that's exactly what the hell it is. All right. And throughout the season, we're going to be tracking this and looking back at how every team charts throughout the season. And we're going to see the steady teams. We're going to see the teams that are bouncing back and forth that look terrible one week and, and like God's the next and so on and so forth. So with that, my number one team... In the NFL, through week two, is the Jacksonville Jaguars jumping four spots to the number one slot. They, for the second time, have been the better team on the field with the Patriots. And this time, they just went out there and were dared to beat them outside. And they did exactly that. They weren't afraid to throw the ball like they shouldn't have been on third and six last year in the AFC Championship game. Because they would have booked their ticket to... The Super Bowl a lot quicker that way than by running it, not believing in your quarterback that you gave uh, an off-season extension to. That's neither here nor there. I'm here to 
be positive about the Jaguars. They look like they are ready to stand up and be the best team in the AFC. And they just they they look very, very complete. And again, this is a a little bit of an overreaction because I'm gonna have to see it again from Blake Bortles. But I saw very encouraging steps taken on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see if they do the same thing when Fournette gets inserted back in the lineup. But for now, they're number one. Who you got two? Two, same spot they were last week, LA Rams. They did what they were supposed to against bad Zona team. Uh, they they win 31 nothing, and they come out after the game talking about how the offense needs to look better. And they got lots to work on, and I no and I lo- and I love it. But there's no way to gauge that. I know, way. and, and no again, they've really they've they've had two softballs thrown up to them. That's and, but they've done what they were supposed to. They you should expect an expo- an, uh, an, uh, an inspired first half performance uh, out of the Raiders with Chucky coming back, and then the Rams weathered that storm and then went out and did exactly what they were supposed to do the whole game in the second half. Won convincingly. They did four quarters this past week, so. Not quite enough to be the number one seed because of who they've played. I don't, I'm, but I'm not going to dock them big time because of who they played because of the results they've done what they're supposed to against bad teams. Uh, number three was my previous number one. Uh, they dropped two spots. Is the Vikings? Um, they should have lost that game in reg if it wasn't for that. Uh, or sorry, they. Yeah, you know what? They should have lost that game, right? Because they because they, they had a lot of opportunities to win it, and then they got very fortunate to get to overtime because of the Clay Matthews call, and then they deserve to to tie because they missed another field goal for the win. When so you they look deserve- at how many times they had an opportunity to lose that football, that's game, what I mean. It's astonishing. To me. Yeah. It's- so I dropped them two spots for that and that alone. Um, Who do you have at, at four? I don't want to kill them because of the kicker because he's gone now. And now Bailey's there. So we talked about it in the last segment. So we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. I'm going to be a little bit skeptical only because of what I watched from Dan Bailey last year. And it's a what have you done for me now lately kind of league. So I'm going to be a prick a little bit towards Dan Bailey. It's two pricks talking picks again. <laughs> Number four, up three spots, Kansas City Chiefs. That defense is terrible, but... 800 yards of offense and 80 points in two weeks is insane video game numbers. I, I like what I see so far. They they look like they... I can't wait till they play the Jags in a couple weeks. That's that's where I'm at with it. I don't see them lose... I don't see either team losing until they play each other. And the way this season's going, maybe they tie. <laughs> do you look at how many overtime the games? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. I completely do. As I think honestly, I think the ten minute overtime has something to do with that. I kind of forgot about that. Did you know that? That subtle rule change has made a difference. Absolutely. I, I kind I kind of forgot about that yeah. until I didn't even notice in week one, in it, the in the Pittsburgh game. No, I didn't even notice it was a ten well, minute overtime. As soon as the, the clock started in regulation, I don't know what I, I was doing. Noticed it, and I thought to myself, "Oh, it's the first time. It's the first year that they yeah. implemented these new rules." Um, who rounds out your top five? Rounds out the top five. <laughs> I kind of struggled with this one, but I put the Packers there because I didn't expect them to be anywhere near in that game as much as they were. Rodgers is supposed to be Mr. Gimp back there. Minnesota Vikings defense is supposed to be prolific. Right, and I think that 
the theory of bad O-lines don't travel well came into play in Green Bay. I think that was the, the neutralizing factor was that Green Bay was able to get pressure on, on Cousins. But did you see he, how good Cousins looked though in the fourth quarter? He, he, he looked, it, yeah, he did. Football. He did. He had some turnovers early, right? Absolutely. Um, the game, though, he was slaying it. He was. So that's why I've I've got those two teams that high, and that's why I'm so down on the Bears at the same time. It's because I got two uh, NFC North teams in my that top five currently. That division is an absolute dogfight. Right? It's, it's an incredible And it's kind of crazy that I got Green Bay there because – I couldn't name their third receiver right now. Geronimo Allison. Okay, cool. Aaron Rodgers, buddy. Yeah. 12. And I'm a Cowboy fan. I hate the guy. I hate the guy. He's ruined my last two playoff appearances. Ruined them. So, enough about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Another Bay team. Number six, Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Tampa Bay. Overreaction Thursday. Thursday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the sixth best team in the NFL right now. They just knocked off the defending champ, Philadelphia Eagles. Holy Hannah. Uh, and I told you that it was going to happen last week. I did take Philadelphia. And I did too, after telling you that Tampa Bay was going to was gonna muck them up. They can't be for real. First play of the game, 75-yard touchdown, they brother. They can't be for real. But if you were to look at that play, though, that, it was perfectly designed yes. for Deshaun Jackson to run the deepest post route he could. Oh, do, do what he can? To do what they brought it's amazing. To it's do, amazing right? what happens when you have a quarterback that just doesn't care. <laughs> just goes up there and just slings it. Just goes it's, goes out in press conferences looking looking like that. that that's you, you gotta stay humble. That's amazing, you bro. Gotta stay humble. That was probably one of the best post game press conferences I've ever he's seen. He's got a really good personality. It's amazing. He he's must killing be it. An amazing locker room guy. He wow. must be. Fitzpatrick. I mean, he looked like. I don't Hunter. think Jameis gets his job back. Um, I don't think he gets his job back while Fitzpatrick is winning. Well, you know what? We'll save that because we'll we'll save that for uh, armchair GM. Uh, Number seven, I got the Pats dropping three spots. New England's the seventh best team. Uh, Typically, New England kind of gets off to a slow start. They are figuring things out in September, and then they're so good consistently at improving throughout the season and getting those minimum 10 wins, and in part due to the competition in their division. But... They are the the best of the best when it comes to in-season adjustments. In September, realizing who they are and then game planning because of it and making adjustments based off of that and so on and so forth. They've been playing chess can, while they, everybody they, else has been playing checkers exactly. for a really long time. Who's next? Number eight, I got the Bengals jumping up five spots after last week jumping up uh, at least ten spots. Um, from 13, yeah, from probably about from 23 to 13, and then now up to 8, 2-0. They look for real. Defense isn't uh, isn't terrible. The O-line looks a lot better than they have in years past. Um, they got Dallas's old O-line coach, Frank Pollock, in there, and he seems to have injected a little bit of life in there with maybe some new philosophies. And oddly enough, the Cowboys' new O-line coach is the Bengals' ex-O-line coach, who was there for like 21 years. And they parted ways. Yeah, NFL so, is just one big fraternity that people right. Um, so yeah, I'm incur- I mean, I like what I see from Cincinnati. I, I, again, it is an overreaction podcast segment with these power rankings, but I picked them preseason to, to finish in the sixth seed in the AFC. So I don't think it's that far of a, of a, a stretch to have them in the eighth seed right now, based on how they've looked early when preseason. I picked them. 
potentially to move up into a 12 seed. Even though I started them around the 23 spot based on what they had done last year and then waiting for them to prove it to me. But I'm, I'm very quickly moving them up into the top 10 based on how other top 10 teams have have looked through two weeks. So um, I'm not going to talk about them, but the Eagles are in the nine spot. Uh, they get Wentz back. We'll see how that goes. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Denver, they're rounding out the top 10. I overreacted last week, bumped them up 11 spots from 21 and put them in the 10 seed. Um, and then they won again. So, so what I like about your top 10 is it looks similar to mine, except there are some exceptions. Um, I got Carolina at 8, and Carolina doesn't even enter your top 10. So, no, they don't. So I got Carolina 8, and I'm going to defend that pretty quickly. I got I, Carolina 12. So, so I got Jacksonville 4. Atlanta slightly ahead of them at 11. In your power rankings. Yeah. And I find that interesting because that is a wide-open division as well. There are three teams that could win it this year, as always. It, it, it is. And I don't think this year that there's going to be three playoff teams from that division. You don't? I don't. Ooh, that's interesting. Because One of those teams is, is the odd man out, and maybe two of them based on the way the North... Could look, especially if you're right and Chicago proves to be better than I think. Eight and eight could get you in. You know, you just see how Philly looks when Wentz is back. See if Dallas D is actually really for real and is going to maybe win games until this offense gets scoring more than 20 points a game. You know, I don't know. It's it's wide It's it's wide open there, and I, I'm not encouraged. Uh, uh, the reason why there, none of those teams are in the top ten right now is because New Orleans got their doors blown off and then barely beat the Browns, so they're not performing the way I expected them to. Atlanta looked terrible week one against Philly, could like just inept in the red zone, but then they t- totally turn it on at home against a team who I thought had the better defense. So I don't want to undersell them so much, so I got them 11-12 back-to-back. Well, so I got Green Bay at 12 and not even in my top 10 because of defense. See, and I'm overreacting to the tie to Minnesota. Absolutely. Because they should have won. Well, I couldn't agree more that they should have won. Or could have won. The rookie corners that Green Bay drafted, okay? Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson are very, very talented players, but they are still raw. They are still young. So looking at that picture... It's going to see how quickly they grow up and how quickly they adapt to the league because, well, it's... I'd love. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I'd love to look down the the Packers schedule for the next little bit and see when they play a quarterback that's going to sling it like Kurt Cousin was in the fourth quarter against them to and, challenge them and to see how they're able while to along they're the able time to... of of Rogers basically just one man willing them to victories every single time. You know what I mean? Like it's, I again overreaction, but I it was encouraging because I had Minnesota as the best team in the league on paper and on the field after one week, and then they had that performance against them week two. So you know I dropped Minnesota to three. I got Green Bay at five. It's gonna fluctuate throughout the season, but certain teams are gonna balance out by probably about the midway point, and that's when we're really gonna get a a better overall picture of it. So. And that's why we're only going to talk about 
all we're talking about. That's just exactly that's just right now. And the fluctuation and the fluidity of movement as far as the teams and the power rankings this early in the game. It's all speculation at best. So just run through your top ten. Just bang, bang, bang. So I got LA one, I got KC two, I got Minnesota three, I got Jacksonville four, I got Philly five, I got New England at six, I got Denver seven, Carolina eight. Cincinnati 9, and Atlanta 10. Denver 7. You don't discount those victories at all just because they started at home and it's impossible to play there when you're not from there early in the season? When I think about the value of mile high and being 5,000 feet above, I think of it as a real home field advantage. When I th- In September. I mean, the air's thin all the time, but... But more day, so in September because guys are out of shape. Fair enough. What I mean, though, is Denver's defense is great. And I don't think that the difference of guys coming there... I'm not tagging it great yet. No? No. My personal opinion is that they have a very, very high ceiling because that D-line is... Yeah, and they survived three picks in week one and still won. But they played Seattle, bro. When you look at their matchups... Seattle's O-line is a... It's oh, I can't wait till Sunday at 425. Swiss cheese. Absolutely. All that I'm saying is is I like Denver that high because they have a consistency and that offense looks like I, I, Are you I'm is that an over, is that an overreaction Listen, Thursday pick? I thought that this overreaction thing was implied. Everything is a freak out. Okay, snap answer. Do they beat Miami this Sunday? They do beat Miami this Sunday because I don't know what to make of Miami. Denver doesn't play Miami this Sunday. <laughs> oh, did you get me? <laughs> Oakland plays Miami this Sunday. Oh, you, you got me. Oh, you got to edit that out. You, you got me. Oh. What's the, sorry, I cut off your top ten. What was the eight, nine, ten? Sorry, I stopped after Denver. Cincy. Oh, you got me. Um, Cincy, uh, Carolina eight, Cincy nine, and Atlanta ten. Okay. So we're, we're in the same vicinity. Yeah. The only reason why I even consider Denver at that point is because I'm not sold that that defense can't propel an average quarterback to 10 to 12 wins. Like, I'm just not convinced. Royce Freeman looks great. I don't know who this Lindsey guy is, but he was running like he was a fucking truck. Yep. And I'm not disputing the home field advantage because it's ac- it's it's biological there. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not. But, you know, I'm freaking out just like Let, everybody else. Let's go through just a couple randoms. I don't want to run through all 32 and bore our listeners. Yeah. Um... Where do you got the Chargers? Got the Chargers fifteen. Okay, I got them thirteen. Right. Where do you got the? Um, actually, what do you have tonight's matchup? Where are the Jets and where is Cleveland on your list? Wow. Um, so I have Cleveland at twenty nine, and I have the Jets at twenty seven. Wow. And the reason why I have the Jets so deep in my power rankings is based on the fact that a rookie quarterback and Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell have not sold me on being able to consistently score points and to move the football. Does, does okay. he look good? Absolutely. I'm not yeah. disputing that. All right. Well, before, I'm not going to dispute that. I'm not going to get into that matchup yet because we're going to do that shortly. But I'm just going to end this with saying my 29th and 27th ranked teams in my power rankings are Detroit and Pittsburgh. Two yards is able to come in and not win. <laughs> I do. I, I am telling you that. Yeah. Uh, the, I am telling you that. This is a carryover of my overreaction pick of putting 
the Pittsburgh Steelers as the 27th ranked team in the league right now. Because you know why? Because it ain't getting any better anytime soon for them. Because they're gonna lose again this week when they play the Bucks, and the Bucks go to three and zero, and they fall to zero two and one. I'm absolutely incredulous right now. And and I honestly count the tie week one to the Browns worse than a loss. That tie was more demoralizing to the Pittsburgh Steelers than a loss will be. Do you mean to tell me that a quarterback who throws the ball sixty times in a game gets sacked once? 452 yards, they are in the basement of your power rankings. Basically, yeah. The only teams that are worse than the Steelers are the Giants, the Lions, the Titans, the Cardinals, and the Bills. It could be the Lions, the Tigers, and the Bears, oh my, and it makes absolutely no sense. The Raiders show more sign of winning right now than the Steelers. <laughs> the, C- the Seahawks have a better chance against my Cowboys this week, believe it or not. I, Baltimore could win this week. Indy's a better team right now. I'm. I don't care if I'm going off the rails with this. Chicago's a better team right now than the Steelers. It's. It's good that you're acknowledging. They have a defense that's playing football worth a damn. It's good that you've. They just gave up six. The they just gave up six touchdowns to a rookie quarterback on the road. They in haven't his, had a in defense his first, in eight years. In his first road game as a quarterback. He threw six touchdowns in their yard. Andy Reid. And you know what happened? You know what happened? Their fucking star receiver didn't show up for work on Monday, and no one knew why. No one had answers. That's why they're 27. Andy Reid could not have created a quarterback in Madden better than Patrick Mahomes. 100%. What has been created in Kansas City? He erased everything that Big, Big, Big Ben did on Sunday. And it's an incredible notion to think about somebody throwing for 452 yards and having somebody else be able and to my do that. Qu- and my quarterback hasn't thrown for more than 185 in like seven games. I, but I'll take him before to game day before Big Ben right I now. I can't get over the fact. Okay, let me just. Is he gonna, just what's, who's he going to be this week? Who's he going to be this week? You. Is he throwing three interceptions or is he throwing for 450 and four TDs? Which Big Ben's coming out? Is he thinking about retirement or is he ready to play? I'm going to tell you where Pittsburgh is in my power rankings. And then please, and then we're moving off from these power rankings because there's a lot of juicy games this week. We got to get into it. I have that 18, so that's you know that's like nine above you. That's like pretty significant. And even okay, right now, if you told me three weeks ago that the Steelers were the 18th best team in the league, I would laugh you out of my garage. All right, listen, there is a key matchup on Sunday, and it is the Rams and the Chargers. And I think that it's special because we talked a little bit before about the Chargers defense. Although they're absent, Joey Boza, Derwin James is for real. You know, I know, Abram I know. Hold on a second. I know that we have a, I know that we have a docket right now. But let's talk about the Steelers and the Bucks. Who's winning that game? The Monday Nighter, because you want to. We're skipping. We're skipping Thursday. We're skipping Sunday. Skipping Sunday night. We're jumping right to Monday night. Steelers, Bucks, who wins? Pittsburgh wins that game. I've got the Bucks. Perfect. We got our first disagreement of the week right on the air. I love it. This is not, I had no idea who you're picking. I love it. So the line is Pittsburgh it. one and a half, okay? The line doesn't even matter to me in this instance. All that matters to me is that a quarterback who has thrown, who has thrown for as many yards as he has in two weeks is not going to have consistently bad performances. I'm going with the guy doing Conor McGregor press conferences. Conor McGregor. He looks like his older <laughs> brother's manager. Like it's, it's incredible to think about the level of swag that Harvard grad possesses. 
Uh, I, seriously, I am going with the Bucks. I don't expect the Steelers to be able to stop them. There is no reason that the Bucks stop going to the well. They're going to continue to throw the ball down the field. They're not scared. That co- that quarterback has all the confidence in the world. And the Steelers are trying to find an identity right now. Yeah. Has I AB even, shown up to work? I, I, I honestly go, don't oh, know. I don't know. Has don't he shown believe, up? I do not believe anything that I read in the papers. I don't believe any of that trade discussion. All that I don't. All, I, I'll totally throw that out the window. I'm not being that guy. As you and I talk about this right now, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown are having a conversation about two things. Targets and running after the catch. Because those are the two things that need to be made compatible, and Pittsburgh is hard to beat. I would argue I would argue that he's he's asking for maybe a couple more deep shots. Because you look at the, the way that those pass, those targets are charted, a lot of them are 0-9 to nine yards, 10-19, to 19, and then all of a sudden you get to the 30 yards in the air, and the ball ain't going his way right now. Right now, I would agree, and you're not. And they're wrong. not, and they're not winning. I so agree. And as soon as wrong. you're not winning, the number one star player is going to say, "I'll help us win. Give me the ball." And then he's not getting it, and they're losing, and he's not showing up to work on Monday. That's the fourth time I've said that. What I will say is, is it's worked for the last five years. I can't. I honestly, I, I, I can't believe we just skipped over eleven other games just to get to that. Just to get up. to that, but uh, what I like highlighted, which we brought up before. Is the Rams and the Chargers. Okay, Rams and Chargers. What do you think about that matchup? Do you think Jared Goff is going to sling it against the Chargers in the same way he's done against easier so opponents? Has Jared Goff been slinging it? Against easier is, opponents, he's been looking pretty, they've, pretty managing. They've had some bubblegum matchups. I agree, against easier opponents. And the Chargers put up points against a terrible Chiefs defense and then did what they were supposed to against the Bills. They're going home, but like, what kind of home field advantage do the Chargers have at that point like in the, California? There's eighteen thousand really, people there, it, or whatever. Yeah, no, it's they need a new stadium. It's I will not bet against the Rams until I'm told to do otherwise. By the way that they play, so meaning until I see them lose, which I haven't seen them do this year, I'm not stepping out on any ledge, especially when I don't know the health of Melvin Gordon, the extent of the injury. And there's no Joey Bosa for another couple games. Yep. Um, and the line is seven points. So Vegas must suspect that um, the Rams are going to score some points. Yeah, well, look at the point differential through two weeks, right? It's really not even comparable. But I, 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 so you're Rams? That game, I'm Rams. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I, I'm, I don't even really have anything to elaborate on it. I don't know. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. All the way, I could see them maybe trading touchdowns early, yeah. maybe throughout the first half, but then I think the Rams separate. Another highlighted matchup, Bengals-Panthers. It's interesting. AFC, NFC, two very, very different style of offenses. It's going to be unique because both defenses are real. Yeah, and I picked this one because I, I can't even, I don't even know the last time that they played, and we're not fact-checking on this feelings, on this podcast. So. Feelings, not facts, folks. <laughs> um. What what Panthers team is going to show up? I mean, they, the defense looked amazing. Week one against the Cowboys, they couldn't get the run game going. They weren't able to really get anything going until late when they, they went four wide and started spreading them out. Cam Newton throws for 335 last week, though. With that said, though, the, I think the recipe for success for the Bengals is going four wide, spreading that Carolina defense out, neutralizing uh, Luke Keekley, and hoping that Quan Short doesn't ruin your game. 
I, th- I literally I think it comes down to that because the Bengals, they're I don't know if they're a they're they're a solid defense. They're not elite. They're not great. No, that defensive line is but real they are back in. They are solid, talented, and I don't see McCaffrey ruining the game. So I could. It's going to be unique from a matchup perspective because I'm very very <clears throat> curious how McCaffrey will be defended. Will he be defended by a nickel? Cornerback, will he be defended by a safety, or will they try a linebacker on him? It, it's it's very very curious to me. Yeah, see that's that's the uh, that's probably the key matchup to the game. I think that I tip my hat to the firecracker uh, in the quarterback combo, and that might be enough. Okay, because that could Carolina. be a, that I'm, could be I'm, enough right there. Carolina's secondary is suspect. AJ Green's coming off a hot game. Um, they got uh, John Ross is the number three now apparently, so he's, that's a nice. He's lightning. That's a he's, nice number three nine route option guy. Like lightning. take the top off the defense. Any defense, anybody. And then it's the other key matchup. I think is what can uh, Bernard do against Carolina's front if they become one dimensional very early, and have to throw the ball forty times. I I think that game. Is maybe a field goal. Who has the ball last? Kind of finish. We'll you, see though. Are you taking Cincinnati? <sighs> I think I'm gonna go Panthers. Me too. And I don't. And really I have to and I think it. you can hear how confident I am yeah. in that. I'm more confident than you are, even after AJ Green just lit teams up. Yeah, let's talk about a team I am more confident in this week, and that's my boys going to Seattle against a winless Seahawks team. You guys just it's love a, playing against terrible O lines, eh? It's just well, hey, I'll take, I'll, I'll give all my, uh, all the D line the confidence they need to start and, you know, gain that confidence early. Yeah. Um, I'm encouraged from what I see. Six sacks Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday night last week. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at the cover art while listening to this podcast, you'll you'll see Eli's new contribution to the many faces of Eli. Uh, there was really no other choice. For the the artwork this week, unless maybe Mahomes had a fire uh, set to his hand. So this is <laughs> this is a bias key matchup we're discussing. A hundred percent, and there always about, will be every week. There's gonna be about, there's gonna be a Cowboy key matchup. There's gonna be a Jags key matchup. That's the most intel you're gonna get from from either one of us for the most part. Um, I love the matchup Cowboys D line against that. Like you said earlier, Swiss cheese O line. Should they panic? Russell. Is oh, Seattle I think, game? and that's the thing. If the Cowboys can sustain that initial first effort from the the Seahawks O, that crowd noise, and you shut down the run, you don't let Carson do anything, and then you can just pin those ears back on ninety and ninety four, and just go after russell wilson all day and make it make it look like somewhat of a repeat performance from the monday nighter last week he didn't really have much of a chance until trubisky threw them back in the game one one was a tip ball but you know until amukamara got that pick six i guarantee you that trubisky was shaking on the sideline he did not want to go back into that game and face that seattle defense with all that momentum in their favor that defense is different it's not the same Super Bowl Seahawk defense, but they had momentum in their favor and it and that game almost swung. It almost changed. So like I said, I am more confident in in the Cowboys because I think that you're gonna continue to see more of Tavon Austin, who I think can be their 
big play guy down the field consistently. And the more that that happens, the more the defense has to take that eighth, ninth guy out of the box, and then Zeke's going to start flourishing. We'll see if they have enough depth at the receiver position. Well, they got seven guys on the active roster. We just signed Bryce Butler for some dumbass reason. But I'm not 100% sure if having seven guys means that you have seven. From what I've heard from down the pipeline of... I'm sure other people have heard it, but because it's kind of leaked out there now. But I heard that T. Will is getting suspended. That that's coming down. Terrence Williams is going to be suspended at some point this season. Terrence Williams nor Alan Hearns, neither one of them are number one guys. Well, Aaron Her- Alan Hearns could get cut right now, and they save three mil, and there's no dead money after that. So regardless of the cap decision, it's, he's caught it's, two balls. It's going to be interesting to see if the receiver depth has the ability to sustain the Cowboys' offense. Because if not, then they're just going to put eight guys in the box and Zeke's going to have a terrible a tough season. Well, and he, he's, he's, got, he's scored twice, but I mean he hasn't cracked 100 yards rushing yet. He's had minimal runs where he's even getting to the second level. Probably a lot of it has to do with Frederick being out. Uh, you know, you're seeing certain calls missed by Looney of protection calls. And if you noticed, Dak was actually doing a lot more of the protection calls himself pre-snap. Uh, Sunday night against the Giants, anybody, and it seemed to work. Anybody who is well-versed in football or even has a minute amount of knowledge realizes that the center of the offensive line is the quarterback of that particular unit. And it doesn't help their rookie left guard not being sandwiched in between two all-pros. He's still got Tyron to his left, but missing Frederick to his right, it's it, it's shown early. I mean, it, it hasn't been awful by any means. They're, Dak gave, or they had six sacks week one, zero last week. Giants have zero pass rush, so take it for what you will. But I like the signs that I'm seeing going forward, and I think that they can pounce on a on a bad Seattle team. So suffice it to say, we both take Dallas, and we probably give at least five points. <laughs> see, the, the, see, I'm pretty sure that they're one point dogs. I mean, to think to think about that though is see the is, thing is, though. Kind of curious. If it, again, I keep saying this, it's it's the different Seattle team, but history is on their side. They're like seven in a row home openers. Yeah, it's it's in Seattle. Fourteen of their last sixteen home openers, they win. That's kind of staggering. So, but again, I'm not that concerned about it. The only thing that does concern me is. Is maybe uh, Earl Thomas going and playing out of his mind because his boys didn't go out and get him like he asked? I mean, he made the, he <laughs> or made the he tries to highlight himself even ago. more, and maybe this is the Earl Thomas Bowl, and we wipe up Seattle like we're supposed to because our our defense is dominant, their O line's not, and Seattle realizes after an O three start, Earl Thomas on the roster doesn't help them any. Maybe they take the third round pick in the 2019 draft instead of the the 2020 draft with the compensatory pick that they're going to get when he walks well, at the end of the season. So maybe have, they trade him for the third. You must have looked over at my notes because that was an armchair. Oh, so I jumped segments. That's, that's fine because that'll segue nicely into Jacksonville and Tennessee. Tennessee was 2-0 and last year against Jacksonville. And... <laughs> Jacksonville is going to win on Sunday. I think it's that I think it's going to be a dominant, dominant yeah. performance. It's, There's they're a type of team where it's healthy for them to hang on to certain things. I think that showed last Sunday with that performance against New England. Well put. Well put. Um, one thing that I saw during the game that made me happy that I didn't waver uh, with wanting to take Jacksonville was 
the stat of Tom Brady in 90-plus degree weather. He's like 1-8. in eight. I, I have no idea. I've never seen that stat before. I don't know why or how that, that's even possible for me to miss that. I guess but when I saw it, it was just, like it was staggering. Jeez. And it, 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 it somewhat makes sense because they don't always play that well in Miami. Like they lost in Miami last year uh, and I think the year before. Very good point. Florida yeah. humidity. Eh? Yeah, 1-8 in games over 90. That's interesting. What is also interesting is the quarterback quandary that Tennessee is going to have if if Mariota doesn't come back to any semblance of a hundred percent. Well, even close. If they if they somehow go and get their second win in a row without Mariota, then what does that say about their team going forward? There's a couple. There's a couple quarterbacks that might not get their job back. Maybe we save that for armchair GM. All that I know is that... Because I don't see this being... I don't think this is going to be much of a breakdown for a key matchup. They're a dominant... I have them as the best team in the league. I don't even care. And after last week's performance, I don't care if Fournette's back. Show me again, Blake, against a lesser team. Go do it again against a divisional rival that you should have some animosity built up towards based on last year. Like you just said, they lost both games to them last year. And be consistent. Don't play to the level of your opponents if your yeah. opponents are lesser. And it's going to be a different game plan for Tennessee defensively, so you're not going to be able to beat them uh, the same way you beat New England last week, I think. They're going to say, or maybe they do, and say, ah, one week, do it again. And maybe maybe with Cole and uh, Didi, they can, they can do that again. It's impressive because Dante Moncrief caught a touchdown. And he, which was Moncrief is really the number needed. two. It's... Something that we needed to establish is that connection. Yeah. Blake Bortles showed what I don't want to call his ceiling, but he showed his high end. He, sh- he showed his ceiling. Well, no, I, I'll agree I, with you. It's not, not the ready, ceiling. I'm not ready to cap it, but when you play at home in September. Right, because his ceiling is winning a Super Bowl. And when you sh- and you play at home in September, he threw an interception that bounced off Austin Safarian Jenkins' mitts. Yeah, and bounced straight up in the air. So he had four touchdowns, no interceptions. Although there's one on the stat sheet. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So no, you're. There right. should almost there should up. really be a separate column for that type of turnover for I a mean, for a tip ball turnover or a. You know what I'm like? Like there's different uh, kinds. There's like, like a not his fault kind of thing. Yeah, like a but almost different from if the ball's tipped at the line by a lineman, because then it's. Ricocheted up high factor, nine times out of ten. Factor in the deflection. Okay. So there's so there's that, yeah. and then there's even like a a more harsher angle to it, where it's like a a tip ball by the receiver that should have been caught, and then it's intercepted. Like that in, one that one shouldn't be as penalized. Job. Yeah. Whereas Absolutely. he should have maybe slid to the left or the right and avoided the arm coming up. It's not always that reactionary where you can critique it, but. Hmm. I don't know. It's just we'll have to factor I'm, I've it. I've heard that theory floated out there of a way of changing the so quarterbacks' numbers accurately reflect the quality of their play. Yeah, if the quality of their play has been. I had four incompletions and they were four drops. Really, he had no incompletions, but statistically, there's four of them. Right. Exactly. So a segment that we like to call "Bash the Trash." We just talk a few minutes about. Um, but Matt Stafford. I mean, I don't think he's as trashy <laughs> as he was after week one. But I will say the Arizona Cardinals offense. I will say that Sam Bradford, when do they start Josh Rosen? Because if we're bashing the, the trash, the Arizona Cardinals pay David Johnson, and they're playing and like they're, a team who's... And they're playing Sam Bradford. Oh, my gosh. 
Uh, have they scored points yet? If you if you look at how few points <laughs> they've scored, what's really comical... Do they know that the preseason's over? What's really comical about it is there's no transition from the preseason to the regular season. It's been the same quality of play and the same performance. Is this going to be the first year where we see father time kind of maybe creeping up on Larry Fitz? I'm not. I shouldn't even say Larry Fitzgerald in the ba- his name in the bash of the trash segment. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. just mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he doesn't belong doesn't here, belong but here, yeah. So to answer that question, yes. But now let's stick. Okay. Do you think Josh Rosen plays <sighs> Derek before- Carr? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you think Josh Rosen plays before there's snow on the ground? Nick Foles here in Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. <sighs> Yes. Okay. I yes. agree. Yes, completely. he does. Yes. I completely agree. Who plays you. first, Rosen or Baker? Josh Rosen. Okay, I agree. Josh Rosen. Because Terod Taylor can lead a football team. Sam Bradford has not proven he can lead a football team. Bash the trash, bash the trash. Yeah, Nick Foles do, has not played good football. He do, has been a little trashy. Do the trash-ass Giants win in Houston this week and get Bill O'Brien thrown in the trash can after three games? That's an excellent question. I'm glad you brought that up. So that's kind of an armchair GM question, but no, it's Pillow Brian is trash, moments. bro. It's a few moments of bashing the trash. When you look at the preseason predictions for that football team, people had them There's a lot of talent. On they that had team. them in the playoffs in Jacksonville, missing the playoffs. Oh, that's it's, absurd. Well, <laughs> that's absurd. If you were to look at articles that purported teams that made the playoffs last year that wouldn't this year, and vice versa, teams that didn't, teams that would. They had Houston and Jacksonville out. Back to what we were talking about. Bill O'Brien should be canned if he starts the season 0-3. I he agree. Should, he should be I sad. agree, because they, they could salvage that season, I think, still. Absolutely they could. Because I thought that the Titans were not a playoff team this year and that you could insert Houston in that spot and you take the Bills out and you throw... The Chargers in, and there's your playoffs. Any offense that has Deshaun Watson as your starting quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins as your number one receiver has a shot to score points. See, but they don't. DeAndre Hopkins is the only player in the league that you're allowed to hit down the field and and don't worry about a flag because it's not it's not being called. Doesn't he get contacted down uh, every the field fl- every, more every play? He gets any- jammed off the line for nine yards. Well, maybe not nine, but six, seven, eight yards. Uh, Constantly getting arms hacked at the point of uh, trying to high point the ball. Like, just, it, it's endless for Hopkins. I'm glad I'm not a Texans fan. So, who, who do <laughs> we think... I'd be screaming at the TV more than, more than I do already. And it's almost not fair to think about how he's had to go up for contested footballs because they've come from suspect quarterbacks. Well, now from he's Brandon got a quarterback that has zero like time. Wow. And Watson doesn't look like the same Watson that was there last year. I don't is that know, part? I don't know if he has to acclimate, or I don't know if he's getting used to his yeah. new knee. And I don't know. It looks like he's holding it a little long, like and he's sinking a little bit. Like yeah, a little bit. Yeah, instead of just reacting. It it could be. It, it, there's so many factors. There could be the defenses studied him, and now he's no longer this new hot thing, and people can't. Really and apparently, catch up. every rookie quarterback that plays well is expected to have a sophomore slump, right? Because now defenses have had an entire offseason to catch up. So, and it's a copycat league. There's nothing that you do that will stay hidden forever. So, continuing bash the trash, which offensive line is worse? The Giants or Seattle? Seattle Seahawks, the New York Giants. 
Because we're going to find look, out if the Cowboys have more than six sacks this weekend. <laughs> but if you look at Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, if you look at the New York Giants, so we're and talking Lovely about talent, the the highest paid left tackle in the NFC East, and a that's rookie the, that's who the, was that's the worst touted. left tackle in the NFC East, and a rookie who was highly touted. Yeah, second round. I pick. like Will Hernandez. So I'm not going to I'm not going to bash him. He's that's why a, I'm saying he's in a misfortunate. He's on a team that drafted a running back when they should have drafted Sam Darnold. So. Take that for what you will. Absolutely. Who's worse? Giants or I, Seattle? I, I honestly will have a better answer for you after su- after <laughs> Sunday at 4.30. Have bar- you'll have that's a barometer. How I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, exactly. You'll have a barometer of when they've played that defensive line. Okay. Yeah, who? but you know who? Well, no, those are the those are, those are are the two that Houston might be in that conversation. Though. I don't think they're there yet because and, they... And Carolina is, is injured. As hell, so. Well, Houston can stay in games. They lost 2017 to Tennessee, and they had several opportunities in the fourth quarter to win. Houston had several opportunities to win that football game. Deshaun Watson, 22-32 for 3-10, two touchdowns. He was moving the, the, the football, and he proved that he's capable. However, let's go into a segment that we like to call Armchair GM. And you brought up a topic before that I, I wanted to, to talk about. I thought it was going to be a surprise, but, you know, like Adam Sandler... Once had wasted the good surprise on you. Um, wh- what what we'll, what we'll see here is a Jaguar ask a Cowboy what he thinks about Earl Thomas and if he'd want him on his defense and what he'd be willing to pay for him if you're the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. This point, see it's weird. If they win this week, they're two and one. They're in good shape going forward because they play Detroit after that. Then I think it's on the road in Houston, which could be winnable. Then they're at home to the Jags. There's their true test over the next four weeks after this game. But Earl Thomas this makes that defense. Test. So Earl that's Thomas what I'm makes that defense. So that's what I'm though. saying. With he's worth at least one win in your in your win column. So if you think that you can win the next two after that to get to five and one before you play the Jags, then you believe you're a contender. So at that point, you think you're getting about 10 wins. If you can get Earl Thomas, maybe you beat the Jags and you're an 11-win team. However, the way that Jeff Heath and Kayvon Frazier have played, I can't believe I'm saying those two names as a reason why... I might not trade for Earl and just wait for him in free agency if he really wants to be here because because I haven't seen the starter play yet and he's at he's full in practice now so we're getting Xavier Woods this week so we're going to get to watch Xavier Woods play safety for the Cowboys and then when the other team has the ball we're going to get to watch Earl play safety for the Seahawks so you're going to get both options for the Cowboys at safety on the same field on Sunday. All of that makes perfect and logical sense to me that you would want to see how that young secondary develops. Yeah, because but, I'm very encouraged by what I see from Cheeto and Byron so far. But but listen here, Cowboy. If it's 0-5, the Seattle Seahawks are staring down the barrel of the trade deadline. And you're the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys, and you call up Seattle. And they they're zero and five, and you're four and one, even three and two. 
Do you pay a third-round pick for Earl Thomas? <sighs> a third-round pick? To bring him into the season with what is, in effect, 10 games I'll, left. I won't say that I won't, but I will say that I'm not giving up a second. And I'm definitely not giving a first. I think it's safe to say that... In, yeah, that ship has sailed. As the armchair GM segment, I think it's safe to say that if they didn't give the second round in the offseason, they're not going to give it in the regular season. Yeah. If they didn't pay that value... I think that they have every reason to believe that they can trust in the guys they drafted and the guys that know their system and the guys yeah. that Richard has shown he can coach up. Yeah, yeah, but that smells like If fate. you watch that clip from Sunday, Kayvon comes off the field pissed off that he missed an open field tackle on o- uh, Odell. He scampers for six yards, runs out of bounds, gets the first down. Yeah. He comes off the field talking to himself about missed tackles. Richard pulls him aside. He says, you know you're a great tackler. The next time you're on the field... Run through the tackle. The next play on, I think it was second and 13, because we stuffed Saquon in the backfield, they put him out on the field in a blitz package with a safety blitz. Now, I know you don't watch as many Cowboy games that I do, but I can't remember the last time I watched a safety blitz called. And he goes and gets the sack for his first career sack. It's the very first time he's ever been on a, on a blitz package, and he goes and gets his first sack. That's encouraging as a fan to watch that on the sideline, mic'd up, little thing that went on between new coordinator and special teamer that really isn't been on the field that much other than for a couple hard hits, as, and as, he's stepped up and played. As solid and as endearing as that interaction is, all that I can smell in this room is faith. That's all that I can smell is faith in a young defense that has shown a up lot of it. against poor talent. So what I will whoa, say whoa, whoa, is, whoa, whoa, whoa. you could have very easily watched the the Odell Beckham Saquon Barkley show happen on Sunday, and you would have been torching the Cowboys defense today. With that offensive line, the only reason that my selection was the New York Giants was because of the two players that you right. just mentioned, and they both looked fairly pedestrian. They looked very average, but that offensive line was the reason for that the Eli fifth Manning, game in a row against Dallas. I might add for Odell. Fair enough. Fair enough, but. But that offensive line was the reason why everything happened that way. So when you're talking about the secondary, it's because of the defensive line, not because those guys were locked down and they had to be. Okay. So in the armchair GM segment, you're Robert Kraft and Josh Gordon comes available. It's Friday afternoon. You're making a phone call. And a fifth round conditional draft pick. Well, what I read was Josh Gordon is doing a promotional event for his own brand. Yeah. In Cleveland, and he injures his hamstring in doing so. Yeah. Cleveland said and he lied about how it happened. I think. And Cleveland was fed up. Yeah. They had been more than accommodating. I mean, if you can even that, that word, even that releasing a statement that you're going to release him on a Monday. That's just on adver- a sa- on a Saturday. That's just advertising. I, I understand, that's it. but it's it, advertising. It was an interesting way of advertising. He, he's got a phone. John Dorsey's got a phone. Yeah. He's got to put a little graphic together yeah. and, and twit pick it. I've seen Kevin Costner in draft day. I know how it works. <laughs> so what I think is interesting That there movie is... has ruined the perception <laughs> of the draft forever. For so, any just random casual fan that happened to see that movie too, it's not like that. How does John, <laughs> how does John Dorsey say a fifth round, conditional fifth round? For one of the best, if you don't, yeah. Players. If you don't oh, get okay, what you sure. want out of them, sure. I'll give you a seventh back. It's it's a it's a rent a player for a fifth round pick. It's a bit. You watch, he's gonna go kill. I'm, I might take him off my bench in fantasy this week. 
<laughs> the Patriots made an incredible personnel decision, and they've made incredible personnel decisions for the last fifteen years. Save the Malcolm Butler situation. Yeah, that one. So, that one's still an up in the air. I'll kind of keep an eye on it, and we'll touch back on it. With that said, though, since week one started two weeks ago, there's been twenty five receivers that have been signed. Activated off a practice squad, traded for. Do you know whose name isn't included in those twenty five? Um, uh, who is uh, Des Bryant? Correct, correct. Are you shocked by that? I do not think I'm shocked about that because he runs three routes and they're the most basic routes in the world. Right. So I don't think he wants to play football anymore either. I think the, and I think actually the Browns said that. I don't think that they got the the Gordon move was to make room for Des. They prove that now. He's yeah. a Patriot. No, no, no. I mean... When they brought when in Dez Bryant, that wasn't the reason. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. when they got rid of Gordon, it wasn't to bring Dez in. Like, oh, absolutely Like, during not. that meeting, Dez didn't say, like, I want to be the number one guy. Oh, absolutely Or not. whatever. No, And they're no, like, no, oh, no. We'll, get, we'll, we'll get rid of Gordon. Like, that was a reactionary to what happened on Friday. Absolutely. And they're like, fucking final straw, we're done. Absolutely. See you later. I agree with you. It's interesting to think that they had the opportunity to bring in Des Bryant and pair him with Josh Gordon, and now neither plays for the Cleveland Browns. So and here you go. Ever will again. So now, do the Patriots go out on a limb and bring in Des Bryant to pair with Josh Gordon for Tom Brady's final season? Why the heck not? Bill Belichick is the classic Maybe. disciplinarian. He's now now when why not? When's Edelman back? Week four week or four. week five? His suspension. He'll be. He'll, he's four games. He'll be back. So week he's five. back for week five. Yes. And then there's one more week after that until the trade deadline. Is that correct? Week six. Yes. So you're not going to get a long enough sample size with Edelman in the lineup with Gordon to see it not potent or potentially not work to where they make their like thirty seventh transaction on receiver this. Uh, this season, since something like that. It's ridiculous. Some, it's up there. Something like that. But how's that for your theory about Des Bryant and his desire to play football? Robert Kraft calls you and say, "Would you like to win a Super Bowl with the best quarterback yeah, to I play football?" Yeah, I can see. I can see him he almost says no. Yeah, I can see him holding out for that. It's it's interesting. I don't know, man. He he seems to like. I think it's more likely he's got a new TV show coming with Skip Bayless than it is. Him playing football this year. No more Shannon Sharp? That's too bad. I don't know, man. Like, All right. We'll I don't know. Off, we'll move off of Dez considering he's I'm not glad even... I'm not. Put it this way. I'm glad I'm in an armchair and I'm not a GM because I wouldn't want to have to deal with with the, the, the uncertainty of all these bum-ass receivers. Like, we should have brought that up in the in the back of the trash, trash thing. Oh, there was quite a few. How does, hold on, last, last little thing. How does Corey Coleman... Like, how much does he hate Josh Gordon? How much does he hate Josh Gordon? Well, he just got cut. I know. And now he's to a To make room for Josh Gordon after he essentially got cut to make room for Josh Gordon. But like, did you see that he, he signed to a practice squad Practice who? squad roster? Who? who? No. Col- Coleman. Do you know which practice squad? No. The Patriots. Oh, my God. So when you think about the drama that Corey Coleman and his that life from a first-round pick. Mess, man. But when I read about Corey Coleman and how he would go to the line of scrimmage and not know where to put his right and left foot on the line of scrimmage. Well, Tony Romo fixed Dez's feet for years pre-snap. He'd move him over and he'd tell him to back off the line, look at the ref. It's almost like <laughs> when they come out of Baylor, all that they have to do is run three or four routes and run fast. Oh, really? That's... It's almost like that. Oh, so it's an exact science of what happens at Baylor? <laughs> I okay. want to ask you about, you're sitting, 
in Tampa Bay right now, and you got Ryan Fitzpatrick looking like bye bye Jameis. So he three games suspension. Can you trade him at this point? When he comes back, not until he's no longer suspended. It's against league rules. No, but I mean, without tampering, tampering aside, can like he can't be suspended. That, no, I know, but do you think that they like they're actively trying to shop him? I do not. Because I don't think they're overreacting. Like, like this is Thursday that, freakout right do now. Do you us. think that they can shop? Oh, I think there's a market for James. Do Smith. you think that they will? I do not. I do not. Do you I, think that he is retained? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because do you James think Winston's, he's active? Yeah. Do you think he starts? <sighs> not while Fitzpatrick is winning. Do you think he sees the field? Not before week eight. Is injury the only way he gets on the field? Yes. Yes, yeah, because... that's basically the progression that I would go Because through. poor performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick it, after it, week four... I think he's going to play well enough for long enough to earn himself more than a short leash. Like because he, after week three... If they're four, two, five, and three... Like, in that sort of range, like... It, even if they're 500... And then he throws, he has that Ryan Fitzpatrick five pick game that he knows he's capable of. He's said it. He has said it. I can throw five TDs. I can throw five picks. I know myself. I know when I'm hot that I can, I can push it. And when I'm not, I know I got to change the game plan. How many bad That's games? encouraging self-awareness from a guy Oh, you better who be. plays you know how much the NFL system to a T. Well, he knows who he is and he always plays within himself. Right. So, do how many bad games do you give Ryan Fitzpatrick after week three before uh, week four before you, you bring in Winston? Bad games, back like like consecutive back. Just how many bad games? I'll give do you him. Do? I'll give him two bad games in a first half. I like that. So 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 two and a half. Okay. Two bad games where ten like quarter, where like he quarters. throws them out or he like whatever tries to do too much with it and gets sack fumble and they and it clinches a game on a loss and then he just he's got no confidence the next week and he's Absolutely. and he's not the same he's a shell of himself and then he knows that he's got a shorter leash so he tries to push it in that third game first half throws two picks I can see that the, the axe coming but I don't think that's gonna happen because I think after they beat Pittsburgh this week that he's going to have himself a I, I honestly, like, they've already taken every picture of Jameis down at the practice facility inside and out, at the stadium inside and out, and the nameplate's been slid out of the locker. Jameis Winston plays football. It's an football empty locker this, right He now. plays football this season. He starts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at some point this season. I, I do not see Ryan Fitzpatrick starting 16 straight games. I, okay. I, just, I just don't see it, but we're going to come back to it. All right. We got to figure out. What other differences we have before we sign off so that we can uh, go over this next week. So I'm going to run through the game sheet, and I need your picks, sir. Uh, Jets, Browns. I have the Jets for tonight. So do I. Buffalo Vikings. I think we both got the Vikings. Absolutely. Do you think they cover the 17 and a half? I do not think they cover the 17.5. I think that Buffalo's offense moves. I think they win 37-10. Okay. Uh, Giants-Houston. I have Houston, of course. And I want to say, of course, because the Giants are bad. See, and I'm going to go against my my Giants. Bad O-line, doesn't travel well. I'm going to go against it. 
because I think it's more likely that Houston loses a third game and Bill O'Brien gets fired than I see that oh, like that the Giants offense just looks absolutely terrible and I I just can't see it for three weeks in a row. They got way too many weapons. I know the line's bad. I think they they can scheme something against a Houston team that's not really looking that that good. But I again I'm I'm kind of blinded to my theory that I, 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 I locked in on. So I'm going with Houston for that that reason. So or sorry with uh, with the Giants for that reason. So we differ on that one. You, you've got Houston. Uh, Packers Washington. Absolutely, Green Bay Packers. Okay, so do I. Chiefs Niners. Definitely the Chiefs. I'm riding the Chiefs too. Raiders Miami. I have Miami beating Oakland and having John Gruden get his. Third you had you off. had you had Denver beating Miami. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. That was a good one. Uh, so sorry. You have the Raiders beating Miami. I have Miami winning that game. So we differ. You see John Gruden getting his first win. I do. I don't know why. I just I don't trust Miami. So we differ. Maybe I'm doing it just to be different. But I'm being different. Well, speaking of different. Colts Eagles. Let's be different. Colts Eagles. I'm taking Philly. All right. Carson Wentz is back. So who's he throwing to? Do they have a receiver that separates right now? I think that Nelson Aguilar can score. I think okay. that I think that he, he can. And I think that Carson Wentz is for real. So even if they have players coming out of the backfield, Wentz will find them. I am going to say that the Colts' defense is much improved, and I think that's going to be enough against an Eagles team that looked bad with the quarterback that had been having an offseason mm-hmm. program to throw football and do stuff mm-hmm. um, and take contact and so on and so forth, not get reactionarily pushed back into the starting lineup maybe a little too early because you didn't expect to lose the way you did last Sunday. So I'm taking the Colts. We got another one different. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. You've got the. Bucks. I've got the I'm, Bucks. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Yeah, but that's Monday night. You jumped a lot. <laughs> I'm running this sheet, buddy. We both we both we both got the Jags. Absolutely. We both got the Panthers, or do you? Oh, have, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. We both got the Panthers. I got Carolina for sure. I'm gonna switch. I'm taking the Bengals. It's gonna be such a good matchup. Only for podcast theatrics, though. Nice. Denver uh, versus Baltimore. I mean, I like Denver, and I'm taking Denver. Denver 3-0. and I don't think they're good enough. I'm going to take the Ravens at home. Um, Saints-Atlanta. This could have been a, a key matchup game, but we didn't, we didn't include it. But it's probably going to be one of the better divisional games this week. I have ATL. Winning in a high-scoring affair. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I liked what I saw last week, and it didn't take Julio getting in the end zone to do it. However, at the same time, it's a reoccurring theme that Julio Jones doesn't score touchdowns. So, watch that going forward if they struggle this weekend. Uh, we both got the Rams against the Chargers. Absolutely. We both got the Bears on the road in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting Arizona to get on track with that offense against that Bears defense. No. Do you have the Seahawks, sir? No, absolutely not. That a boy. Patriots. No, I wouldn't even Lions. Think about that. Yep. Patriots? I have the Patriots. So do I. I think they uh think they run amok. 
on the Lions. Does Josh Gordon catch a pass on Sunday? I think he scores two touchdowns. Oh my gosh. I think he catches... Overreaction Thursday, brother. You I can think, bash me next week, but right now... I think he catches a pass. Jump on the hype train. Two touchdowns. Fair enough. Two-two. And you've got the Steelers yeah. trying to yeah. put a slot in that win column, get to 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the season. I don't believe that Tampa Bay's defense is going to hold against a prolific they offense. Look, even without, is it prolific with, right even now? without Le'Veon Bell. Any offense that can generate 452 passing yards. Against the Chiefs defense is an NFL football team. I don't think that the Chiefs' defense is incredibly dominating, but I do think that... You know what's coincidentally? You know when the last time I felt confident saying Dak Prescott had a good football game? You know who they played? Who'd they play? Kansas City Chiefs last year. <laughs> we will see, and mark my words, Kansas City's defense will be much improved. All right, well, you can bet on me calling you out on everything you were wrong next week and uh, just claiming complete ignorance on anything I might have been wrong on. Won't expect anything else. All right, brother. Until next time. Sign off. Later. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys.